0: Everybody, all right, everybody get a donut. Raise your hand if you went with the fruity pebbles donut. No, I'm the only one in the whole room that went with the fruity pebbles donut. You are a good man, all right. The rest of them just look like you really would. Ha- I mean, I wasn't emotionally prepared for the rest of those donuts, they were, they had a lot to. to to do there, so um, happy Father's Day to the fathers in the room, and I know Father's Day is is an interesting day for a lot of people. Maybe you grew up with a great dad, maybe you grew up with an absentee dad, who knows, maybe you came in here with some father wounds. I say this, and I know it'll sound churchy, because I'm saying it in a church, but I genuinely believe he's a perfect heavenly father, and he loves us. What we're going to see today in the passage in our, in our Guarded series is that he loves us and he loves us enough to, uh, to call us out, all right? But in honor of Father's Day, I felt it necessary to start out with some dad jokes, okay? And because we're, uh, because we're at church, they're, they're Bible dad jokes, so they're even worse. <laughs> and when I say these are bad, they're bad, okay? Okay. Number one, how does Moses start his day? He brews a pot of coffee. Y'all didn't get it, did you? Okay, Hebrews. Okay, you got it. Okay, number two, did Adam ever have a date with Eve? Nope, just an apple. (laughs) That's so bad, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's dumb. I know it. <laughs> All right. All right, no, this one, this is definitely the worst. Okay. Number three, need to build an ark? I know a guy. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to you. I'm glad that you're here. So we are in uh, week three of our guarded series. Week one, Pastor John, he taught us to guard against comparison. Last week, Sean taught us to guard against compromise. This week, we're gonna look at Malachi chapter two, verses 10 through 16. So if you have a Bible, we won't have it on the screens, but if you got a Bible, for for the techie folks in the room, I love technology, but this is, uh, they print these still, I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but they've, they put little, little letters inside of them. You can read it. Let me ask you some questions before we get into the passage. What happens when the people of God forget who they are and whose they are? What happens when the people of God look to the world for direction instead of looking to God? What happens when the people of God forget that He is our Father and He has called us to a life of distinction? He's called us to a purpose. The passage that we're going to read today shows us what happens. Dr. Eric Mason, the author of Woke Church, he says uh, he gives us an example about the distinction that God calls us to. It was a wedding anniversary, and his children bought him a gift uh, and, and said, go do something for yourself that you would never, that never do for himself. So he went to a tailor, and he was going to have a, a jacket made. And the, the tailor, he went to the tailor, and the tailor measured them all up. And then the, the tailor went in the back and got the fabric, unrolled that fabric, and he began to cut the fabric away. And that fabric that he cut away, it had a new And specific, a distinct purpose. Dr. Mason says this, the church of God was part of the ream of the world and when the Lord came and pulled us out he cut us away from what we were. Now the church of God through Jesus Christ is uniquely tailored to wear kingdom clothes. We have a distinct purpose and calling on our life. The people of God that we're gonna read about in Malachi 2 today, they ignored that God had called them to a specific purpose. In short, they became faithless, and we're gonna see that word, folks, over and over in this passage. Faithless, faithless. So it's Father's Day. How many of you have a dad or you had a dad who believed in the moniker tough love? Anybody? Tough love. And some of you might say it was way too tough. It was crazy. All right? But we all understand at some level, when applied correctly, that tough love can be a good thing. Right? You can go too far with anything, right? But sometimes tough love is a good thing. And I would say that's what God does for us in this passage today. It's some tough love. It's not the most fun thing to hear. But we need it. Our culture today, we're very sensitive. We can't talk to each other anymore. We're all afraid we're going to say the wrong thing. You look, at the, you look at Scripture in this passage, and there are people that would say, Chris, that's outdated. Your God is harsh. And then what we do, we just sidestep those difficult passages, don't we? Ah, let's get back to that John 3.16. I like that one a little better right? Remember something, folks. No matter what part or page in the Bible you go to, God is always the fullness of his character. That means even in passages of judgment and rebuke, he is perfectly loving. So then when we read this today, we, we must keep in mind that God is doing this because he loves us. He's saying these things out of a heart of love, And if we feel that God's spirit is anything other than love in this passage, it's our perception that needs to shift, not his. So let's get into it. Malachi chapter 2, verses 10 through 16. Okay, here we go. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers. Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. Verse 13, And the second thing you do, Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in spirit, and let not one of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So guard yourselves in your spirit, and do not be faithless. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every single person in here today. God, I pray that you would tune out the enemy's voice. We would hear your voice alone, and that you're calling us home. You're calling us to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I guarantee you there was some language in there that made somebody in this room bristle. Somebody went, oh man, this is about to be one of those sermons. I don't know if I'm ready for this, maybe... Maybe I can slip out the side. Just hang with me. It's it's not going to go down the way you think it's going to go down. It's going to be okay. Now, we're going to have to be honest with ourselves, but it's going to be okay. Let's look at this verse by verse, okay? And then we're going to get into a little bit of application. Verse 10, here we're put to the question, have we not all one Father? Has not the same God, the one God created us? Why are we breaking our covenants? I think about this language of creation reminds me of Adam and Eve, our first parents in the garden. They broke covenant with God, didn't they? Now why? When we look at that behavior, right, why did they do that? At the end of the day, it's because they did not trust that God could fulfill them, that God would take care of them. It was a trust issue. It was a faith issue. Adam and Eve ultimately were what faithless. I've been that way in my life. I've had seasons of my life like that, where I did not believe that God was good, that He was my Father. Let me say this. I want to be very clear. The God of the Bible has a Father's heart for you. You say, Chris, I don't trust Father. I, my Father and then you fill in the blank and you've got the stories to tell. Some of you, by God's good grace, you've had a wonderful dad that gave you a a wonderful picture of the God of the Bible. That's the dad I'm trying to be. Others in the room, your view of God as a loving father is completely distorted because you'd never experienced a loving father, the one human being that God designed to show you his heart. Understand this, folks. The God of the Bible wants to be your father. And a good father, any good father, right, knows how to lovingly challenge his children when it's time to challenge his kids. And that's what's happening in this passage. Do we trust that he's our father? Verse 11, we see the word faithless again. These folks in this passage, in their faithlessness, they committed acts that the Lord called an abomination, right? They profaned his sanctuary. Let's, let's get into this a little bit. What does 1 Corinthians 6 tell us about, new, about believers, you and I, followers of Christ? He says that we are the temple. You understand that? It says we are the temple. We are not our own. We were bought with a price. So, In a very real sense, functionally, when you and I, right, when we disobey God, when we go our own way, when we are faithless, what are we doing? We are doing exactly what these folks did. We're profaning the temple of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that gives me pause. It makes me want to look in the mirror and be honest with myself. God, am I I profaning your temple? Or am I honoring you as my father? Am I honoring you as my father? How many of you have ever been a time in life where you said, I'm my own man. Nobody tells me what to do. Right? No, none of you? You're all perfectly submissive and obedient to God at all times? Come on, man. <laughs> all right, well, then I, I, I don't guess I need to keep going. I'll just wrap this up now. You all got it. We all have that rebellious streak in us, don't we? I want to go my own way. No, don't tell me what to do. I got it. No need to get involved here. I'll figure it out. We all have that in us. That's why it's so important that we guard our hearts. Verse 12, we see a pronouncement of judgment. All right? May the Lord God cut off from the tents of Jacob, any descendant of the man who does this, who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. Isn't it still true today? When you and I don't follow God, it impacts our kids, doesn't it? That one hurts, because some of us have seen the impact that our disobedience has had on our kids. Some of us have, been the, have felt the brunt of the impact because our parents did not obey God. We live in a broken world, don't we? But let me encourage you. Please, if you're feeling down on yourself and you're like, hey, when I hear that, what is that? Sorry. Based on today, I didn't know if something was gonna fall on my head or not, okay? That sounded like a drone, sorry. I promise I usually can focus a little better than that. <laughs> Was Is I'm the only one that heard that? Oh, okay, okay, wow. Where was I? No, I'm just kidding. Hey, in, in all reality, if you're here today and you're feeling a lot of guilt and shame because of some choices you've made, guess what? The God of the Bible with his Father's heart is always right there give you a fresh start you understand his grace on top of grace Chris you don't know what I've done you're right I don't but he does and this stuff is either true or it's not he's either ready to invite the prodigal home or he's not and I believe he is don't be discouraged maybe it's time to repent and turn back to him right now Today could be the day. Verse 13, let's read that. And the second thing you do is this. You cover the Lord's altar with tears and weeping and groaning because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. Woo, woo. How many of us have been guilty of this? We make a bad choice, the consequences follow, and then we blame God. I've never done that. <laughs> right? No, we all do that. How many of you have ever chased after something or someone, and once you got what you wanted, you realized you had made a terrible mistake? Right? And then we say, God, where are you? You see, when we go our own way and we are faithless, we are functionally saying, I don't need you. I've got it figured out. So why do we get mad at him when he gives us exactly what we want? He's only doing what we told him to do. He's staying out of it. If you want God to bless your life, you want to enjoy the sweetness that is being close to your heavenly Father, it's on his terms, not ours. And we want it that way because when we do life on our terms, we know what happens, we know the results. They're not good. They're not good. Verses 14 and 15, we find out more specifically the nature of their sin. They were divorcing their wives to marry women of another religion. Instead of being faithful, they were being faithless. They didn't keep their word and they broke covenants that they had made. Why did they do this? We talked about it, like Adam and Eve. Because they did not trust that keeping the covenants they had made would bring them fulfillment. They just didn't. God, if I do it your way, I won't be as happy as I would be if I do it my way. It's a central struggle of the human condition. I'm going to go my route, or I'm going to go yours. There's not an in-between. Most of us have been through at least a season where we decided to do it our own way. God, I don't need you. And I don't know about you. I I won't speak for you. I can only speak for me. Those were some of the most lonely, heartbreaking, isolated times of my life. Not only was I isolating from God, I was isolating from everyone else. You see, but God invites us into what? Restorative relationship with him and with the people in our life. Why did God direct them to marry within the body of believers? Why did he want Christians, marrying Christians, right, to be equally yoked? Well, he tells us, for godly offspring. See, that's God's plan. We pass down Psalm 78, verse 4. We tell these stories to our children. We pass them down to the next generation, right? And the faith goes on, and the light shines brighter, and a broken world gets healed, that's his plan. Is it any wonder, I'm about to get real now. Is it any wonder that our current generation, Gen Z, is the least church generation in American history? That they're walking away from the church in multitudes. Could it be, could it be, I'm including myself in this question, could it be that instead, uh, instead of handing them a faith worth following, we've handed them a religion? Could it be that we've settled for a culturally acceptable religious veneer, instead of handing them a faith worth following? You see, anybody can hand somebody else a religion. That's not hard. Show up to this building at this time, wear these clothes, say these words, and don't do these things. Anybody can hand a religion to somebody. It takes authenticity to hand a faith to somebody. It takes humility to hand a faith to somebody. If you're in here today and you say, I have not handed the faith properly to the next generation, it's not too late. It's never too late. It doesn't matter What's going on in your life? Turning to God and approaching the people in your life with some humility and some repentance goes a long way. Goes a long way. What are we handing to the next generation? Are we handing them a religion or are we handing them a faith worth following? Verse 16, the passage concludes... And the specific context, right, of this passage is is marital infidelity. The broader application to all of us in the room is being faithful to God. Every broken thing in the world, folks, is the result of being faithless toward God. Every beautiful thing, every whole thing, everything that comes from a heart of healing is the result of being faithful to God. You see, because that is his heart. That is his heart. He's our Father, and he loves us. One of the biggest struggles that I've had in my walk with God, I want you guys to catch this, because I think there might be some folks in the room that really do struggle with this. One of the biggest, almost the primary, central struggle in my relationship, the way I relate to God has been some father wounds in my life. It's made it very difficult to believe for me that he is in the details of my life, that he is not about my performance, but that he loves me no matter what. If you've not experienced that somewhere in your life, that is a difficult thing to believe about God. That's where we have to have faith. He does love us. So, how do we guard ourselves, church, brothers and sisters? How do we guard ourselves against being faithless? Number one, I'm going to wrap it up with these guys. Number one, rigorous honesty. Rigorous honesty. It's been said that the first lie we believe is a lie that we tell ourselves. <laughs> we want something, we want someone. We'll tell ourselves a really convincing story to get what we want, won't we? To truly be faithful in this relationship with God, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Some of us need to go home right now, skip lunch, and look in the mirror. A lot of us have been avoiding that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to address that. It's too painful, or I do not want God to have access to this. That's mine. I'm going to do what I want. Okay. I've certainly been there. Maybe you have too. Rigorous honesty with God, ourselves, and others. Some of us have some things that we need to say to the people in our life. Some of us, our fellowship with God is hindered because we are hiding things from people. And it's time. We're doing exactly what our first parents did. They didn't trust God, and they went and hid. Do you understand the only way to have God heal that thing in your life that you're trying to hide is you have to come out of hiding. There's no way to keep hiding it and have God's healing. Some of us. It's time to be rigorously honest with, the people, with God, ourselves, and others. Number two, evaluate the influences in our life. Evaluate the influences in our life. Do you allow faithful people to hold you accountable into your life? Are there good, godly men and women that at any time you needed to talk, you could pick up the phone and you know they're going to be there, but they're also going to tell you what you don't want to hear sometimes? Okay, by God's grace, I've got more than enough of those kinds of people in my life. Okay, but it's, it's, it's good. It's a good thing. The opposite's true. I've found that in my life, when I've distanced myself from godly people, it's because I do not want to be held accountable. I don't want anything to do with somebody calling me out and go, Chris, you know what? This is what I'm seeing, man. Number three. Regular repentance. At least one time a day, more like a half a dozen times a day, I do something that requires me to ask forgiveness. Anybody else like that? Anybody else in that club? At least one time a day, mostly more than that. I've got to go to somebody and say, I messed up, will you forgive me? I look at repentance. We we all have... you know weird definitions because it's kind of a churchy word repentance is turning away from something yes but it's turning to someone as well we're turning away from this turning to God we're allowing him to calibrate our heart back into alignment with his will number four commit to the calling you claim the name of Jesus today Commit to the fact that He has a specific calling, a life of distinction for you. Chris, I don't know what my calling is. Great, let's have that conversation. Let's figure that out. God's given you some gifts, He hasn't called you to go blend in. We live in a broken world, don't we? We've got a lot of healing that we need to be about, don't we? God has given us that charge. He hasn't given it to the politicians to figure that out. And we all said, Amen. He's given it to His church. We have a calling on our life. Are we living up to it, church? Finally, trust the Father. Trust the Father. He is enough. When you, when you really surrender all to him, he is enough to satisfy and fulfill. I've tried to find it in other places, have you? How'd that work out? He is enough, folks. I'm going to invite the band up, and I, I want to finish with just a couple questions, okay? And we're going to get into a time of response on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Do you want a close fellowship with the God of the Bible? I mean, genuinely, think about what you want, the desires of your heart. Do you really want that, or are we settling? Are we settling down here? I kind of like to say it this way, I'm ready to pay full price with my life because I've tried to, I've tried to cheap out on God, I've tried to just do the discounted stuff, it doesn't work. I'm ready to go all in. Pay full price, surrender all. I hope that you want that. And you say, Chris, I gotta be honest, I don't want it, but I'm interested. Amen, that's a step. We're gonna enter into a time of response right now. If there's something that you need to confess, confess it. There's somebody in this room, you need to tell them something. Pray and ask God to give you the courage to tell them we got to come out of hiding if we're going to experience his healing. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, I'm glad you're here. Today can be your spiritual birthday when God adopts you through Jesus into his family.